This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by BHP. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the production of iron ore and copper is critical. That's why BHP has committed to solar, wind and battery agreements at mine sites across Australia. It's happening now at BHP. Visit bhp.com critical to find out more. It wasn't that long ago that Netflix was a shiny new thing we all went crazy for, but a lot of competition from other streaming services and a bit of audience fatigue with its new shows mean the gloss has come off somewhat. In this Squish Shortcut, we look at the extraordinary rise of Netflix, who's who in the current world of streaming, and how all this competition might shake out. Squish Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. So, Claire, Netflix has lost more than a million subscribers this year, if only the squeeze had that many to lose. <laughs> it's sacked staff, it's cancelled shows, and is now moving to introduce ads. Perish the thought, Claire, but is this the beginning of the end of Netflix? Well, look, Kate, cool your jets a bit. I wouldn't (laughs) write it off quite yet. Uh, Netflix is a $100 billion company and it's just that at its peak, um, the market valued it at three times that. Uh, COVID gave Netflix a huge boost with many of us cooped up at home. Uh, So what we're seeing with that drop in subscriber numbers is a return to pre-pandemic levels. Yeah, it's hard to think that something that's so ingrained in our culture, we even say watch Netflix um, when we're talking about streaming in general, uh, could possibly fall off a cliff. But there is a bit going on. We'll take a look at what's going on in the streaming world in a bit. Let's go back to how Netflix actually started, though. It's a phenomenal story. Uh, Free-to-air television was really it until the end of the 2000s. Uh, I'm sure I'm not alone remembering my 20s, watching all those iconic shows. Maybe not your favourite Friends, Kate. I know that was one of your things. Uh, You don't like Friends. We can't talk about that. I I was right into Beverly Hills 90210 in the day (laughs) uh, or Melrose Place. Uh, They'd be appointment viewing every week. You'd race home or you change your schedule just to watch, uh, no binging or on demand, that was it. That was the uh, the olden days, the good old days perhaps? <laughs> Don't know. Yeah, and well into the 2000s, we also all spent a lot of time at the video store renting DVDs yeah. and that's how Netflix actually started. Uh, it was a DVD by post service challenging the big chain blockbuster. Yeah, I still remember going and picking out the video that we were going to watch that weekend as a family. And of course, arguments ensued, siblings (laughs) and all of that. But DVD by post was actually quite revolutionary at the time. Yeah, it really was. And then as more people got the internet connected to their homes, Netflix started offering all-you-can-watch movie packages on your home computer. Uh, So it's been an incredible growth story from that uh, to one of the biggest companies in the world. Yeah, Netflix started streaming in 2007. The real breakthrough moment, though, for the whole industry, streaming in general, came with House of Cards in 2013. Who didn't watch 
House of Cards. It was huge. Oh, it was really the thing to do. And that was the first Netflix produced show and it was pretty transformational. Uh, Here was one season of a show, all 13 episodes available to watch all at once if you wanted. And millions of people did just that. Uh, It took away the whole concept of that appointment viewing. Yeah, marked the start of what's called Video On Demand or VOD, V-O-D. House of Cards was a global release too, which was a big deal for Australia. Usually we had to wait for US TV shows. They'd only come to us well after their US launch. Yeah, we really were the poor cousin. A lot has changed, Claire. A lot has changed. Let's have a bit of a dig into the players challenging Netflix's dominance now. Forbes magazine, Claire, says the streaming market is the wild west at the moment. There's so many players in market. If you're listening and you're thinking, I kind of know a few off the top of my head, that's probably just a drop in the ocean. 80% of the newbies on the block probably aren't recognisable to most of us. Yeah, too right. I hadn't heard of Curiosity Stream. Tencent I'd heard of, but I didn't know that they were big in streaming. Um, there's also Yuku and Peacock. Uh, all of those are four in the top 15 streaming services globally. There's also Crunchy Roll and Crackle. Never heard of them. <laughs> well, if you're into Japanese um, anime, you might have. Uh, Crunchy Roll is the one for you. Uh, Crackle <laughs> is free in the US. It's an offshoot of American network NBC. It has some really old TV shows on there. Uh, and I don't even think that they're ones that you can get in Oz. Yeah, I think we're getting a bit off track, aren't we? (laughs) Putting Netflix's current woes into perspective, it's still the biggest fish in that global streaming pond. Yeah, going by subscriber numbers in their earnings reports from April to June, Netflix is number one globally with 220 million subscribers. Uh, Amazon's Prime is number two with 175 million subscribers. Disney Plus is at 150 million. And Tencent, which mainly has a Chinese audience, that's 125 million subscribers. And that's why you've heard of Tencent, Claire. There you go. There you go. What about in Australia? How do things shake out here? We love ourselves some streaming. Uh, The total market actually has grown by more than 20% over the past year. So it tells you a lot about Aussies now having multiple services, Mm. uh, largely thanks to more of us having smart TVs, so a television that hooks itself up to Wi-Fi. Uh, We have the same top three as the rest of the globe, Netflix, Amazon and Disney. But what's fascinating is how fast some of the top 10 are growing. Yeah, you only have to think about your own habits. But Netflix, of course, bucked the trend and actually grew here by 4% in the last year. Amazon Prime's growth was 10 times that at 44%. And Binge, which is an offshoot of Foxtel, came in sixth on the Aussie list with 53% year-on-year growth. Quite something. Yeah, and Paramount Plus has come from absolutely nowhere and already has more than a million subscribers here. It was really heavily promoting a couple of big shows like The Gilded Age and also the reality show The Bridge Australia. Uh, So now you can see why Netflix is a bit worried about being overtaken. Yeah, and explain to me, because it seems kind of counterintuitive, why would Netflix start talking about introducing 
advertising to the platform now, it seems like it would just turn people off, Claire. I mean, I think I get it as far as we run a media company, but sort of explain what their thinking is there. Yeah, so their top priority is to stop bleeding subscribers. Mm. And if they allow advertising and bring in another revenue stream, it also means that they can offer a lower monthly subscription. So mm. it would be 6 or $7 a month rather than $10 to $23 a month. But you have to put up with a few ads. Yeah, I remember when Foxtel did this years and years and years ago. Netflix is obviously hoping like crazy that a discounted price will get people back and they'll stick for good. Yeah, and like we talked about before, it knows other players are coming for it uh, and it's more than 12 million subscribers here in Australia uh, and that it might well have peaked. Yeah, and I'm guessing it doesn't want to go the way of Blockbuster, which we haven't heard a lot from since (laughs) streaming became a thing. There are some really big questions for the whole streaming industry and how the future might play out. Let's get stuck into that now. Claire, we're working with BHP again on Weekly Wrap this week because they're keen to share with Squizzers how the resources they mine are key for our economy's shift to renewable energy. Yeah, so we often hear about the push towards renewable energy, but what doesn't get as much attention is the role that mining companies are playing in making that transition possible. Take steel, for instance. It's a key material used in the construction of renewable energy infrastructure, as well as bridges and transportation, hospitals and schools, and a big part of it comes from iron ore. That iron ore mainly hails from Western Australia, and BHP says the importance of responsibly produced Western Australian iron iron ore is clear. Yeah, and by that, they mean reducing the greenhouse gas emissions associated with iron ore production. That's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power their port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP. And if you want to learn more, visit bhp.com forward slash critical. You'll find that link in your episode notes. As I said before, Claire, things are really shaking out in the streaming game right now. Overall, though, it's still on the way up. As opposed to -to free-to-air TV, the clock might be ticking on that one. Yeah, but people have been declaring TV dead for a while and it's still hanging on. Mm. Uh, But there has been some data out in the US in the last month that showed that Americans are now watching more minutes of streaming than live TV. That happened in July and that's the first time that that's ever happened. I'm sure the Queen's funeral this week has helped uh, with those TV numbers and those big TV events are still a really big deal. I mean, just think about the AFL grand final this weekend, Claire. That'll be Mm, huge. Exactly. But back to streaming, the recent Emmy Awards have really just shown the power of these platforms. They're making a lot of content that audience want to watch. Yeah, and the big US networks used to dominate the Emmys, but now it's all the streaming platforms. So HBO Max, it cleaned up with The White Lotus, Succession and Euphoria, and Apple TV got a bunch of awards for Ted Lasso. Netflix also had Squid Game. I haven't seen The White Lotus, Claire. That's on my list. Oh, so good. The rest, I think, I'm pretty well across. Squid Games, not for me. I think there's something <laughs> like 200 streaming services around the world, about 30 competing here in Australia. So I guess the question is, are they all going to be able to survive this economic climate that we have talked about incessantly for the past few months? 
I could actually take over the rest of this podcast and talk to you about Squid Game if you like, but no, you thanks. probably want me to stay on topic. <laughs> uh, and look, whether they can survive the economic climate, the short answer is probably no. Uh, according to the analysts, it's likely that some of them are going to fall over and we can also expect to see mergers and other deals done. Mm. Uh, so an example of that in the United States, Disney Plus is now offering a package where you can get a special price if you add Hulu which made The Handmaid's Tale, uh, and ESPN Plus. And those two are pretty big in their own right. So it's a recognition that content is king and you need more of it to keep people subscribing. And staying in the US, Amazon Prime there is hooking up with one of the big cable TV networks. Yeah, so this is recognition that live sport, as you just pointed to, Kate, is everything to the broadcasters. Mm. Uh, That deal is going to allow Prime to air Thursday night NFL games in America, which is huge. Uh, So these sorts of tie-ups can be expected here in Australia. We've already seen that with Stan Sport launching here. We've obviously got, as I mentioned already, Foxtel, Fox Sports, KO, the whole gamut. Claire, another big trend the streamers are fighting is people signing up to free trials. Maybe they stay a month or two, they binge what they want, they see their, the show they're interested in, then they cut ties pretty quickly. We've all done it. Yep, I can put my hand up to that, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, and you might have heard the rumours that Netflix has been considering moving away from that binge model to a weekly release of their new shows. Mm. Uh, The internet has gone wild with speculation that a hit show like Bridgerton, uh, with its release in 2023, could just be a a once-a-week drop of those new episodes. It's one of those topics of conversation. If you bring it up at the pub with your mates, people have strong views about the (laughs) weekly drop or the binging. I'm all about the weekly release. Love the anticipation. Bring it back. Oh, I love the binge. Yeah. (laughs) See? (laughs) (laughs) We've got to emphasise there's been nothing concrete from Netflix on all of this. More really the industry itself speculating about how it might try to boost subscriber numbers. So we don't really know exactly what their strategy is. That's right. Uh, But it would be a big change if it did go down that path. Mm. Uh, Probably what we're going to get used to is more streamers offering cheaper subscription packages that have those ads. Yeah, it's in our future, that's for sure. They're not the first streaming service to offer an advertising option. No, that's right. Paramount, which owns Network 10 uh, and Prime Video, are already using a hybrid model and Disney is about to offer an ad option. Uh, So I guess they've already really cottoned on to the fact that some viewers are happy to take a few ads if it means a cheaper monthly cost. We could talk all day about which streaming services we like, which we don't, the best shows. We do cover a lot of that stuff uh, in our Squiz Today podcast, Claire, and um, across our Squiz Today newsletter. So if you are interested in that, you can always sign up. But for now, that's your shortcut to the future of streaming. On to our recommendations. Each week we give you a recommendation for some further reading, listening or watching. I've got a link to the top 10 shows streaming in Australia right now and where you can find them. It sparked a conversation, Claire, about The Bear, which is going off right now on, I want to say, Disney+. Plus. You love it? 
I'm not convinced. <laughs> yeah, I love the bear. I really enjoyed it. We talked about the high anxiety. I actually really got into that. I thought it was wonderful. Uh, Lara, who does a lot of work on Shortcuts, said it was the best show that she'd watched this year. So that's she did. high praise. She yeah. did. Shout out to the producer of Squid Shortcuts, Lara. <laughs> there you go. And look, I'll give you a series you can watch for free on SBS On Demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, remember our government-funded broadcasters do a lot of content that you can stream for free. Uh, My Brilliant Friend, it's the adaptation of the books by the same name by Eleanor Ferranti uh, and it follows two girls growing up in a poor neighbourhood outside of Naples. Do yourself a favour, it's a good one. Yeah, I have read that book and I'm 100% getting onto that. Thank you for that one. Thank you for listening in to Squish Shortcuts. As always, uh, if you like what you heard, please tell people about the podcast. As we always say, word of mouth is the number one way that we grow. We're always up for recommendations. Hello at thesqueeze.com.au. We've also got a back catalogue of plenty of Squish Shortcuts that you can have a listen to. Check those out. And we will be back next week. Mm-hmm.